welcome to Misinformation, the trivia podcast for ladies and gents who love cool trivia and sticking it to annoying teams at Pub Quiz. We're your hosts. I'm Lauren. And I'm Julia. Hey, Jewel. Hi. It's such a beautiful rainy day out today. Uh, I love the rain. The plants need the rain. But... Uh, <laughs> Oh, that's good. Yeah. Well, my mother always it's, says is this that. your audition for this the, is, for being a weather lady. Yes, or possibly HGTV. Oh, you know, like the daytime shows. Oh yeah, a night, a tight twenty-two minutes yep. that you can. Oh man, and be like today we're potting oxalis, one of the most beautiful potted plants for your indoor plants. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. So um, before any further ado, I mm. uh, we have a special guest today. And our listeners will know our special guest because he is a, a, uh, he's our super fan. Uh Uh-huh. He is also Lauren's number one heckler. Yes. And the unheard third person in this podcast. Uh, it's my dad, Dave Tag. Dave Tag is here. It's an honor. Believe me. (laughs) To be on Uh, misinformation. Yes, it is. It should be an honor. I haven't been this excited since lunch. (laughs) Yeah. Oh boy! Wow. Okay. So, so Dad is is going to pre- be presenting a topic for us. Yes. So, mm-hmm. should I refer to you as Dave Tag from here on out? Yeah, you can. Yeah. Absolutely. You want me to be professional, yeah, so we don't have to Mr. say T. Dad all the time. Anybody ever call you Mr. T? Like her friends? Oh that yeah, pronounce Mr. Your T, name? Mr. Yeah. Tag, Dave Tag. Yeah, Dave Tag. As we got older, it was Dave Tag, and then when we worked at Barnes and Noble together, yeah, I called him. I had to call him Dave because I'm not going to page Dad over the <laughs> loudspeaker, and I could be like Dad to cash wrap. <laughs> Dad to cash wrap, but people would they'd see us be in the information center, and mm-hmm. I'd be like, Dave, could you hand me that? Or like, Dave, this this guy needs some help or whatever. And they'd be like, people would be like, Oh my gosh, you two look really a lot alike. <laughs> and sometimes we'd be like, Really? Hmm. I don't think so. It's hmm. weird. No, no, no. Anyway, I'm like, no, he's my dad. She's the spit yeah. out of his mouth. Everybody, yeah. <laughs> out of your yeah. mouth. Yeah. All right, so without any further ado, if you want to just well, launch into it, yeah, do you want to tell yeah. us what your topic is? Well, you know, when, when Lauren was, you know, very young, two years old or two and a half, mm. you know, she was, she was uh, so endearing because she would say these, these little childish and describe certain things. Mm-hmm. And, I was adorable. She was. <laughs> yeah. She was adorable. I was adorable. Like, you know, Big Bird was biddidi. She couldn't pronounce Isn't Big Bird. <laughs> and she couldn't pronounce her name, cute. Lauren. Uh-huh. So she said Lolo. Yeah. I, I, she was Lolo. So we still call her Lolo. Yeah. You yeah. know, 30 years later, we're still calling her Lolo. In public, at grocery stores. Yeah. yeah. In public, we really embarrass her. But I had a guitar sitting in the corner, my acoustic guitar, and she said one day, Daddy, what is that? And I said, it's the guitar. She thought I said the guitar. So every time she saw it, she goes, Daddy, are you going to play the guitar? So mm-hmm. I I didn't have the heart to correct her because it was so 18. cute. She did when she went to college. Yes, yeah, she was still saying the yeah, guitar. I was eighteen years old. I yeah. made no friends that year. A boy walked into your commons room <laughs> telling you he was yeah. ready to play Wonderwall, and you said, I "Look at that the guitar." <laughs> yes. like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> but Thanks so, a lot, Dad. <laughs> so the subject that I decided on, and it's near and dear to my heart because I play the guitar. Uh, it's a brief history of the guitar because it is so involved that I had to really cut it down. An abridged so, history an abridged of the guitar. abridged history of the guitar, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So the guitar, as we know it today, you know, six-string acoustic, didn't actually get a, have a, a start. It okay. was from many different instruments over the years. Mm -hmm. And I started to look back on where the guitar actually started. And it took me way back to stringed instruments in parts of Europe mm -hmm. and Asia mm -hmm. that harkened back to the Babylonian era. Oh, my gosh. So my what, gosh. I, what I saw was that there were clay pl uh, plaques that showed people playing a, a stringed instrument. Wow. It went back that far. Okay. So, yeah, but it really wasn't called a guitar. Mm -hmm. So it was just a stringed in instrument at that time. So it was attributed to the Babylonian era with these clay uh, pl uh, plaques. So, but it resembled a guitar, but we don't know what sure. it was called. Mm. Okay. They only had so many words back then, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. So even in the Old Testament, you know, there was a, in the book of Psalms, there are several notes on some of the Psalms at the beginning mm -hmm. that tell you, that tells the choir director to, in the uh, order of stringed instruments. Mm -hmm. So the song, the Psalm, was instructed to, to play the stringed instruments. We don't know what the stringed instrument mm. was. So okay. there's a reference there back then. So, but in, in Genesis four twenty one, also in the, in the in the Old Testament, there was a man called Jubal, who what was his name? Jubal, J U B A L. Okay, Jubal. Now he was a father of all who played stringed instruments, and that in Genesis four, which is thought to be written back in you know three thousand mm -hmm. B C. So there's the stringed instruments He's like there. Captain Von Trapp. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like an early Von Trapp family. Yeah. The well, Jubal Von Trapps. <laughs> Jubal <laughs> Von Trapps. <laughs> yeah. But as we, as we skip ahead to, you know, the ninth century. Oh, okay. You know, there's a bunch of stringed instruments called chordophones. They were just in a, in a family of, of stringed instruments that were called chordophones. Chordophones. Okay. Chordophones, okay. yeah. So they were, they were instruments that, you know, that might have looked like a lyre or a lute. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right? Mm -hmm. So in Europe, especially in Europe, there was a development of the earliest guitars in the 13th or 14th century, so I'm skipping way, way ahead. Okay, yeah. You know, so who would have had these chordophones? Like rich, rich, Richie Riches? riches? No, no, well, maybe. Okay. But I would say that there was probably... You know the uh, the population, the people who would who would play these instruments. They were probably rudimentary. I mean, they, they weren't. You know, like we Some think of a classic, classic. You know, stringed instruments. Mm. So you know that's where it started to you know develop into these these um, uh, different different instruments of stringed instruments. Mm -hmm. We're not we're not sure what they actually look like, right? Okay, because they of, haven't you know, survived. back then there wasn't photographs of it. But in the 13th and 14th centuries, there was paintings of people mm -hmm. showing these instruments. And so I'm sure they weren't, um, they weren't like uh, uniform. Like a guitar no. looks like a guitar now, right, but because right. it was so rudimentary, yeah. it must have been like, mm -hmm. you know, oh, that guy's playing a chordophone. Mm, I'm going to make one at like home. like some yeah. deer intestines stretched over a, a rock. <laughs> I there it nah, is. I lost Done. It. No, you had it. No, that's a hundred percent true. Isn't it true? Yeah, true. true. Yeah, see? yeah it's in my notes. That one didn't catch on. It's right in my notes. <laughs> it's a little too made a terrible squishy. sound. Yeah. So, it, getting back, and 
so the development of the earliest guitars, if you want to use that term guitar, okay, um, because it, it came it comes from uh, different um, countries like Germany mm-hmm. had uh, guitar, guitarra, the French had guitar, then the Spanish had guitarra. They're almost the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're you almost can the hear same the, word. I mean, mm-hmm. my accent isn't real good with German and, and French, but you can see where the word guitar is mm-hmm. coming from. Yeah. But that's, you know, it encompassed that whole area. So mm-hmm. the development of the earliest guitars were in medieval Spain, and okay. there was two instruments that were considered an influence on the modern-day guitar, and it's the lute, okay. yeah. and, which has a rounded back mm-hmm. and a long fret, fretboard. And it also had... Uh, five or six courses of strings, which are double strings. Like, um, if you know what a 12-string guitar is? Yeah. You know, they're double strings instead of the single. Okay. Well, that's basically what, what that looked like. Okay. 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 And the other one was an oud. And oh, I'm sure an it's a, it was a pear-shaped instrument, but it had a shorter neck. So that was popular at that time in the 13th, 14th century. But by 12, in 1200 Spain, we saw two instruments basically right in Spain, where it was a big influence of, of guitars at that time, mm-hmm. there, was, there was two. That was the Latin guitar and the Morisca guitar. Now, the Latin guitar is, um, was more of a um, look like a guitar. Okay. You know, it had the long neck. It had uh, maybe five or six strings. It had that wavy body then? Yeah, kind of a little bit like that. Mm -hmm. If you looked at the pictures, you could see the evolution of of the body of the guitar coming into being. But starts out like a trapezoid and no, it's it's real thin. It's like a real thin. (laughs) It's the the upper and lower bout is about the same size. If you know what you know. Oh, I I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. And the Moorish guitar was had a rounded back. Just like a lute. Oh, okay. So it's you know these instruments are starting to change as you know these luthiers are are making instruments, and you know starting to develop. Mm-hmm. So um, the wide fingerboard on the on the Moorish guitar had several uh, sound holes. Okay. Whereas the Latin guitar only had a single hole and a narrow neck. So it's starting to kind of develop into a guitar. Mm-hmm. So wait, it know? had more sound holes in the body. Yes. Yeah, because it would uh, resonate. The yeah. strings would resonate, you know, in the body and and make the sound. So these were these two instruments were probably considered the parents of of you know the, the actual guitar, the modern the, guitar, the modern yeah. guitar. But there's still some time okay. to go before then. So they're testing out with sounds, sounds. and what yeah. What a long neck will do, what a shorter neck will do in terms of how many of strings. Sounds. Yeah, how many strings? Um, Is tunings. two holes too many? Probably. Two, yeah. I'm assuming so. And now, these holes, yeah. what did they look like? Were they just like a bunch of round holes? <laughs> yeah. The, really? Yeah. Just like well, yeah. covering it, the... If you, if it, I saw one picture. There was a... It was round. Okay. But there were all little holes. Around the big hole. Around the big hole. Yeah. So it looked like a piece it was, of Swiss it was, cheese. Yeah. It almost looked like it, they were experimenting on what they were trying to do. Oh, you know? sure. But... It worked for them, and it, yeah. and this is how you know it started to to develop into the modern day guitar. Mm-hmm. Great. So, like I said before, in Spain, there was a big influence on uh, like the Spanish guitar. Yeah, and and there was there was some some people that that really started to develop um, making guitars. They were luthiers, mm-hmm. but in in fifteenth by the fifteenth and sixteenth century, Spain. 
there was a uh, an instrument called a viola. Ooh. Viola. Can you viola. spell that for us? So it's V I H U E L A. Viola. Yeah, I and can say that. Yeah? Viola. Mm-hmm. Viola. And it's also called a viola da mano in, in Italy. And it's widely oh. considered to be the single most important influence in the development of the Baroque guitar. Viola. Viola. And okay. if you look at the photos of Baroque guitars, you can see the movement towards the modern style guitar. Okay. Where the lower bout is wider than the upper bout. Okay. If you look at is that what that's called? A bout. The bout is the wide part and the bottom of so the so like the booty guitar. of the guitar. The what? The booty. The booty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The so booty start, of the guitar. It's like a you know uh, yeah. shape. Yeah. It's like a you know yeah, it's yeah, a shape. shape. Yep. Mm-hmm. So the <laughs> this is my father, everybody. <laughs> um, so the so what did you say? It's a it's called a. Baroque. No, Baroque. no, the bout. The bout. Thank bout. you. Because I said booty and then it just <laughs> no, kicked the word it, out of my head. I mean, yeah. it's similar. Yeah. That might be where the word booty came from. You know what? I'm going to say yes. Yeah. I'm going to say that's the truth. Yeah, that's... You heard it here first, Some folks. etymology <laughs> right there. And I am writing it down, too. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so, th- this this guitar... Okay. Ma- this, the vihuela. The vihuela. It had um, a five-course fretboard, which means, you know, five pairs. So there was 10 strings. Okay. Okay. Now, there were gut strings. They were used, they used gut strings. Yeah. Do you know what a gut string is? It's the intestine of an animal. Yes. Yes. That's where they got it. This fibrous, fibrous. Mm. You got to use every part of the animal. Yeah. Yeah, they did. But the interesting thing is they used to call it cat gut. Yeah. <laughs> and they still do, basically. I mean, they say, you got cat gun string, but although they don't use... Cat's guts. You know, they never did. Oh. <laughs> they, used, <laughs> they used sheep, goats, oh, okay. sometimes cows, donkeys, mm-hmm. anything, though, but they never used cats. And did they... Do you think they lasted for a while? They what? How long did, did such a string last? Um, that's a good question. Yeah. I don't know how long yeah. it lasted. Probably until somebody said, wait a minute. That's enough of the, the, you know, the gut slaughtering the animals for my guitar. Okay. Oh, no, I mean, like, if you had one installed on your guitar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, how long yeah. the string was? No, or, how long oh. would the string last, last. Oh. on your guitar? I, I don't, yeah. Oh, okay. So, like, you that's get hard. one song out of it, and then you got to <laughs> slip in another. No, I'm sure up. it lasted. I'm sure it lasted a little longer than that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing, but I'm sure. So, it's still called cat gut. It's still called Gagga. Just but what is but it made of? It's like nylon. Oh, it's just okay. a nylon string. Like a lot of classical guitarists use that. And it's, oh, okay. Yeah. It's softer. Okay. You know, it doesn't have that metallic yeah. resonance. Yeah. Yeah. So by the mid-16th century, getting back to the guitar, the vihuela, vihuela started to go out of vogue, and it was overshadowed by the lute in Europe. Okay. So the lute yeah. is, is still there. You Loving the lute. Yeah. Love, the lute is... It's got a big round... Bottom, backside, yeah, mm-hmm. backside, and you see it a lot in art history. You see it a lot yes. in European yeah. paintings. Have uh, you ever a seen of, a lute? Have I ever seen a lute? Mm-hmm. Probably, I think probably in a museum, right, but yeah. not in life. They have I don't a think. very wide um, fretboard. Yes, so a lot of strings. Mm-hmm. And I was watching a documentary just recently, and there was a there's a man who strictly plays the lute. Hmm. And he lives a lifestyle of that period. So, oh, cool. And, yeah, it was <laughs> a little bit... Uh, but he, tuning the lute is, 
is very in, difficult. Impossible? No, it's not impossible, but it, it takes a lot of time. I can imagine. And it, it's very frustrating to, to tune each string. <laughs> and you 10 strings. Jeez. So that's, that's the loop. But he's got nothing but time because he's it's not time. like he watches TV or no, is on the internet. No, he doesn't have TV. He candles Wakes all up with the sun. Yeah. Exactly. Goes to bed with the sun. S- sews his own socks, mm-hmm. clothing, everything. Tries to get cat gut strings. Yes, Ugh. I'm sure he does. Yeah. <laughs> so do it on the sly. So meanwhile, the Baroque guitar, as I mentioned before, enjoyed a rise in popularity, especially in Italy, France, Spain, um, you know, from, from the late 16th century to the 18th century. They're all like, forget the lute. Have you heard this yeah, hot new exactly. Get the hot new Baroque <laughs> guitar? Yeah. Now, the Baroque guitar, if you looked at it, it looks like a, um, starting to look like the modern day okay. guitar. Okay. All right. But it, like I said, it still has that cut, cat gut string. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's um, softer. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, but in the period between 1759 and 1831, there was a man called Gaetano Venaccia. Okay. And Venaccia. He was cre- credited with the development of the early Romantic guitar. Okay. Now we're seeing a clear evidence of what, what is to become the six-string acoustic guitar. Okay. So he belonged to a family that was long before and long after luthiers in Italy. And his basic design was taken from the Italian mandolin. And the design was a big influence on what would become the six-string mm. guitar. Okay. So while Venaccia was credited with perhaps the first um, guitar, uh, Antonio Torres Urado, 1817-1892, was well-known luthier and guitarist in Spain also, and is remembered as one of the most important guitar makers in history. He managed to take the traditional European forms of the guitar that were popular at the time and create the modern classical guitar. Okay. Nice. So now you're starting to see the actual guitar that you, you're familiar with. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So he's also known, I've, I've seen in some, some circles there, he's known as Antonio Torres. So if, oh, you okay. hear, if I refer back to him, it's Antonio Torres. Okay. Great. So we're seeing another, another major step in the six-string guitar. And f- from what I understand is that the guitar, at this guitar that he was, he was making, that the modern acoustic guitars that were created now in the 20th and 21st centuries are just derivatives of his design. Oh, really? So well, he was an important step in the acoustic mm-hmm. guitar or the guitar. So he's like the birth. Stradivarius of guitars. Yeah, I would, yeah, I, I, would, I, I would, I would think that he, his major influence on and what he developed, became what what we're playing today is a modern guitar. Oh, okay, cool. So now we're coming to the U.S. Here, All right, we, are. here we go. Modern coming to America. Is that a song? Yeah, it is. It's uh, <laughs> who is that? Is that Neil Diamond? Neil, Neil Diamond. To Neil Diamond. America. That's that one. To America. I hear it every Fourth of July. <laughs> <laughs> they play that song at the 4th of July. Quick story. So, mm-hmm. Dad hates Neil Diamond. Am I not wrong in this? <laughs> what did he do to you? I don't know. He said something bad about my family one no, time. No, he didn't. <laughs> he just doesn't like you how... You never che- met Neil I Diamond. Know. You never met Neil Diamond. <laughs> he thinks he's cheesy. So, when we first moved to Gasport, uh-huh. which is in the middle of nowhere, New York State, we went to 4th of July at the local park, and we were like, here we go. We're going to watch some fireworks. And... 
there was a band, like a cover band there. Mm-hmm. You remember this? Yes, I and do. And they put the uh, they put the American flag on a cherry picker, and then all of a sudden they shone a light on the American flag, and the cherry picker went up. And then the the band started playing "Coming to America," and everyone stood up and clapped. It was, it was insane. One of the more bizarre. <laughs> well, you for, you forgot one. What? One, one fact. What's that? The fireworks were going off at the same time. <laughs> That's, true. That's true. It was fireworks, fireworks. Neil Diamond boom, cover. Boom, boom. Neil Diamond. Cherry picker. Hearing cherry picker. a couple lyrics. Yeah. Of the song, <laughs> and boom, boom. Huh. Yeah. Okay. It was beautiful. <laughs> it still brings a tear to my eye when I think about it. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Sorry about that. So, the, the guitar <laughs> in, America. in the U.S. Uh, it's recorded that English settlers brought the guitar to America, and the instrument was likely a cittern, okay. uh, resembling, resembling a lute with a flat back okay. with nine or ten metal strings and, and some with gut. So you're starting to see metal strings. Oh, wow, okay. And it was it said that in the 1700s, Ben Franklin and Thomas Jefferson were known to have a few of these. I believe so, it. Yeah, they yeah, threw a lot of parties. Well, yeah, Ben was a partier, so he's he was probably uh, you know. You know, he brought ladies in and was like, "Do you want to see my guitars? <laughs> <laughs> They're in right in the, through that hallway right there." Let me sing you a tune. Yeah, he was singing Wonderwall for sure. <laughs> Wonderwall. Yeah, Oasis. Oasis. Dad. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know where you're going there. Oh, so that that joke is that um, college dudes to try to impress girls would try to you know play the guitar mm-hmm. and look really cool, but it seems like everybody just learned how to play Wonderwall by Oasis, and so there's like an online. Oh, it's a bit it's where, a running joke. Oh, okay, you know somebody comes in and then something falls flat, and then they go well anyway. Here's Wonderwall. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe anyway. Okay, yes. All right, so <laughs> Ben the, Franklin. So Ben Franklin, Party Thomas boy. Jefferson had a few. Had a few. So it, the popularity uh, in the United States actually peaked in eight in the eighteen thirties for the guitar, hmm. and there were many European um, immigrants coming to the U.S. in the mid nineteenth century, and many brought with them this popular guitar because it was really popular in Europe. Mm-hmm. Okay, now. One such man was a German, uh, German luthier named Christian Frederick Martin, who made um, a flat top guitar. A flat top. Flat guitar. top. Mm-hmm. So if you see a, an acoustic guitar, you've seen an acoustic mm-hmm. guitar before, and the, the the front is just oh flat okay top. yeah okay flat back flat flat front. So it's a flat top guitar. That's what they call it. Well, what did it look like before? Well, there was some that that like had an arch top to it. You know, they were kind of like a violin. Yeah, kind oh, of like a carved. Okay. Yeah, like a ma- mm-hmm. mandolins mm-hmm. have a you know a like curve. A curve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So they weren't. Some were, some weren't. But right. but he perfected the. It's called what's called an X bracing. So what what he did was he he strengthened the guitar body with this X bracing, so that steel strings which cause a lot of tension. Yeah. yeah. Would the the guitar would hold up to it? Is so the bracing the, inside. Inside. Okay. It was inside the body. It was called X bracing because he had these pieces of wood that were a bracing. It mm-hmm. looked like an X. So that would real. That was really innovative. Julia, yeah. I just told. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not asking any more questions. No, <laughs> no, no, ask questions. Ask, ask questions. questions. Ask questions. 
So he he kind of perfected the Torres style Spanish guitar with that uh, that Torres had a fan bracing with with the gut strings and Martin used the X bracing to strengthen the guitar so you can use these steel strings. So his his were produced in the U.S. and they're still being produced in the U.S. I was going to ask. So this is the origin of the Martin guitar. Martin company. guitar. Okay. And the family still owns. Oh my gosh! Really? Yeah. There's wow. still like third or fourth generations, fifth generation mm-hmm. uh, Martin family members that are still running the, the business, and it's still one of the nicest, beautiful guitars yeah. in the country. Do you know where they're headquartered? Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Ah, Pennsylvania. Yes. Pennsylvania. Land, of the, land of the Germans. Yeah, that's true. That is. And true. he was a German. Yeah. So there you go. Okay. You could probably swing by... <gasps> Amish country on your way there. Yeah, Get yourself true. a shoe fly pie. Mm. Some some blackstrap molasses. Ooh, watch out. Mm. Some canned goods. Some oh, canned yeah. jams. They make great jams. They really pickles. do. Any, they do a good anything pickle. you want. <laughs> also guitars. <laughs> Can I, we like going, we, yeah. Sorry. Uh, sorry. It's okay. No, no. Please continue. No, it's okay. Now, Have you had shoe fly pie? I, I, I don't even know what shoe fly pie oh, is. Oh, man. You, what is shoe pie? pie? What, not really a yeah. What's in a guy. shoe fly so, pie? So shoe fly pie is like a um, uh, flour and butter crust. Delicious. And then the middle part is like sugar and molasses and flour and eggs. And it's baked in a layer. And then, so it's a super sweet pie. But in order to keep the flies from coming and eating the pie they make this like uh flour and sugar and oat crumble for the top of it so it kind of looks moldy like it kind of looks gross but the flies don't eat the inside of the pie because the top is like covered in flour and that's why they call it shoe that's why they call it shoe fly pie that's why i come and listen (laughs) to you guys because we're the source of all you, knowledge. Misinformation <laughs> is, is the source. Yeah. We've Believe eaten me. a lot of them in my day. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds delicious. It's, it's pretty good that. despite the name. All right, great. Anyway, I'm okay, sorry. Okay, the guitar. <laughs> keep talking okay, about back to the guitar. Pennsylvania guitars. Pennsylvania. Martin, now you've, you remember Eric Clapton's big album, Unplugged? Yes. Do you remember ah, that? Do you remember that album? I, bl- I remember yeah. the day it dropped. <laughs> One t- No. <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm going to interject and tell a story too. So um, (laughs) one day my friend Maggie and I were out shopping and she was driving us around and we were in a parking lot and we went to pull her car. She was driving, went to pull her back her car out of the spot and this lady in a truck with a bird cage full of birds in the back of the truck hit her car and we got out of the car and Maggie was like, you didn't, you didn't, you see me? And the lady was like, oh, I I was playing Eric Clapton too loud. (laughs) So that's my only association with Eric Clapton. (laughs) Wow. Okay, where do I go from here? All right. Sorry. Let's see. Okay. Excuse me. Well, anyway, I was trying... I was making a reference. She might have been playing the Eric Clapton album. Well, he played a Martin guitar on that unplugged album. That's Can you tell the difference sonically? Oh, it's a beautiful sounding guitar. It's no doubt about it. We would know. We would know? I, you, no. Anyway. (laughs) So, anyway, you know, getting back... Now there's another guitar maker that uh, that came uh, about uh, around the, si- the same time in a Martin was um, the Gibson Company, Orville Gibson. Okay, Orville. Um, Orville Gibson. Name. He was a luthier in Kalamazoo, Michigan, in 1902, producing mandolins mostly, and um, they were flat backed, whereas some of the mandolins were round backed. Mm-hmm. You know, were different different styles, but that's what he made. 
and they got the they got the idea of of um, carving his instrument tops from violins. So if you look at a mandolin, you can see the the influence of the violin on in the okay. mandolin. Okay. So that was his his thing. He he developed the you know mandolin. That's what the uh, the Gibson company started with. Mm-hmm. But there, he along with Lloyd Lore, who was his uh, partner. They developed an F5 mandolin, which is an Italian mandolin. It sounds so turbo. I yeah, know. yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. it goes a lot faster than a regular mandolin. Yeah. Well, from this, Lloyd Lord developed the L5 guitar. So it was a it was a hollow back a hollow body guitar. Okay. With an F hole, and if you look at what's at, an F hole? An F hole is if you ever you ever seen violins or okay. cellos, yeah. you see that that. That like curvy, curve looks like an F. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay, F-hole. they call that an F. I never knew it. Yeah. <laughs> so know, I've heard of an A hole. <laughs> no, no, this is an F hole. <laughs> could be worse. So he designed it with an F hole. <laughs> he designed the guitar with an F. Yes, with an okay. uh, with an F hole. Yes. And um, so this it was popular. It was very popular. What what. Um, what happened was, um, as as they developed this guitar, uh, a lot of musicians um, used to play in bands. You know, yeah. the the uh, big band era mm-hmm. at that time. You know, when when they were um, uh, playing guitar, they were kind of relegated to the background, okay. playing rhythm. Oh, there yeah, wasn't yeah. a lot of noise. You couldn't hear the guitar. Okay. Really. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll get to that in a second. But despite the improvements of the steel string guitar and the use of plec Plectrums or picks. Oh, a okay. pick is a plectrum. A plectrum. They call it a plectrum. Yeah. Rhymes so it's with a spectrum. Pick. Yeah, yeah, plectrum. Huh. Is that what it's still called? This, I, I think uh, overseas they still call it plectrum. Wow, Sometimes that's they good. Do. That's good, good trivia. Word. That's but, good trivia. Yeah. So a, a pick is actually what what it's called here. A plectrum. It's a pick. Okay. And they use these to amplify the sound, so it would be a louder mm-hmm. instead of with the, with the fingers. Mm-hmm. But musicians found that it was too quiet for many forms of the music okay. at the time because there was horns and all other yeah. things going on. Drums. So, and and they're in the background and they're playing rhythm, but you really don't hear these guys, mm-hmm. you know. So they they wanted to they wanted to have something that, that would show off the guitar. So there were attempts to amplify the sound by using microphones or telephone transmitters in the early 10s and 20s. <sighs> wow. But it was an, actually an electrical engineer who came up with an idea. Oh, man. Yeah. His Steve name was thrilled. Adolf Rickenbacker. He was Swedish-American. And he came up with a device um, called electromagnetic device. <laughs> and what that did. A device <laughs> well, that called an electromagnetic device. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I was like waiting with bated breath. Wait. What did come it up was with? just called an electromagnetic device. Yeah, well, what it did was TM. It, it, yeah, yeah. What it, it's more or less like a pickup. You okay. know what a pickup is? Did you ever see an electric guitar where you see the the over the <laughs> under the strings? Yeah. Well, that's the, those are magnets, and what it does with the vibrations of the strings, the magnets pick up the vibrations, and it amplifies the sound. So well, that whatever you're plugged okay. into an amplifier, that's where you're getting the sound from. So that's what he developed. That's and, interesting. And, and he did have a guitar that was a Rickenbacker guitar, and it's still in business today. Um, he sold the business years before that. Their you know guitars became popular, mm-hmm. 
but there is a Rickenbacker uh, guitar company still in business. Cool. So what time period was this that he invented? This is the this 10s and 20s. 10s and 20s. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's early, early, early 20th century. Yeah, early 20th century. And he, you know, he made metal bodies also, okay. uh, guitars. And heavy. Heavy. They were, you know, from the National String uh, Instrument Company. They were, they made metal guitars, yeah. you know, metal instruments. So he, he along with uh, George Beecham and Paul Barth, developed... Um, it was called a frying pan. And if you looked at a picture of it, it looks like a frying pan. <laughs> it's just a round disc and a long, skinny neck. Okay. It's like a frying pan. Yeah. And they, they used this, and they electrified it, and used these <laughs> electromagnetic... It's an electrified frying pan. <laughs> it is. Yeah, and that's where they started to play. You know, you can hear the music through, the, through this amplified uh, thing. So anyway, they pioneered this electromagnetic device that would pick up the vibrations of, of the string mm-hmm. and actually make the sound louder. Okay. You know, so guitarists can hear above the, the rest of the... Um, so they... The frying pan was used by a lot of Hawaiian bands, okay. Okay. Western swing bands, and some jazz. Okay. So with the advent of the electromagnetic device, the pickup, a lot of companies jumped on this new technology. So there's a lot of companies that came out at that time. It was Dobro, National, Audiovox, Epiphone, and Gibson. So Gibson mm-hmm. jumped in on this too. So, and he had developed along, you know, with a Spanish guitar in '34 and '35, Rickenbacker. Okay. It was in 1936 that Gibson actually released a, a commercially successful uh, Spanish-style guitar called the ES150, and they were used by jazz musicians especially Charlie Christian, who was an early jazz musician. And he was, he was in big bands, okay. and, but you could never hear him. He was a, oh. one of the, you know, the premier early guitarists at the time, jazz mm-hmm. musician. But you know, he just played in the background with it. But once the, these, these guitars were developed so that you can actually hear the guitar yeah. above the other instruments, mm-hmm. then these you know, these guys were really, really good. So they, so y- their careers improved yeah. overall were, because of this technology. Right. He was considered one of the you know, p- pioneers of jazz guitar, you know, Charlie Christian. So he, this, you know, this Beecham and um, Gibson um, developed this ES-150. And it was, it was told that he was, he was introduced to the guitar from a friend of his, Eddie Durham, who was often called the first person to ever ha- take a guitar solo back in the, <laughs> in the 30s. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So So he just got out there and was like, meedle, meedle, yeah. meedle, meedle, yeah. yeah. And they're like, and he was like, throw it to Eddie. And he was like, meedle, 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 I could so they, do this. I sound just like an electric guitar. Yeah. Yeah. Like a, yeah, just like one. <laughs> You're going to edit that, aren't you? <laughs> no. Oh. Keep it in. Okay. So Go ahead. at this time, it, it, you know, it started a trend that the guitar could be used as a lead instrument. Oh. So then, then it starts. Yeah. Okay. In so. 1940, there was a, a pivotal point in the evolution of the electric guitar. Now the electric guitar Tell is really us. starting to pick up. I'm so excited. And I got a, I got a question for you, Julia. You know, do you know who Lester William Pulsefuss is? Is that Les Paul's real yes, name? Yes, it is. You know <laughs> She's that. got it. Oh, she, hey, yo. She told me the other day when we were talking about, I was going to be on here about, uh, you know, talk about guitars. She said, I don't know anything about guitars, but I know 
Les Paul. I know there's a Les Paul guitar, and it's true. It. Yep. Yeah, he was a he was a jazz musician, a country blues guitarist. He was also a strong uh, songwriter, a luthier, and inventor. Wow. So his innovations in recording techniques included overdubbing, delay, and phasing effects. And he also developed uh, multi-track recording. Mm. So he was a pioneer in that. He wasn't just yeah. a jazz musician, but he actually invented this, these. Yeah. And those, these techniques are being used today. You know, there's you know, effects that guitarists use, delays and phasers and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And multi-track recording is being used all the time. Yeah. There's a whole gallery in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame about him. He was an amazing guy. Yeah. Amazing. In fact, he was still playing his guitar in his 90s. He passed away probably 10 years ago. Oh, really? But every Monday night at the Iridium in New York City, he would be playing there. People would go see him every oh Monday gosh. night Yeah, until, until he died. So he had like a standing gig. Yeah, it was just a standing gig. That's he'd really go there cool. and play his guitar. Sometimes he'd have people join him and they'd yeah. you know, just listen to wow. a legend, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Les Paul was really uh, he was quite the a guy. Man. And he started, you know, experimenting with, he experimented with uh, uh, developing this electric guitar. They call it the log. It was just a four-foot piece of wood that he, that he you know, st- stuck these pickups on and tried, to, you know, and electrified this, this guitar. You know, How you many call it the log. people died while trying to improve <laughs> guitar technology. I know, I know, yeah. I know. Really. So this was just like a hunk of wood. Also, can hunk we talk about how the nicknames for these things were not very creative? You got yourself the frying pan. You got the log. I mean, come on. So did this? They didn't a commercial. Well, no, of there course not. A commercial. But, uh, so did this thing have strings? Yes. Oh, yes, okay. Yeah, so it was. It was, it was just an electrified log. <laughs> I mean, well, if you look at it. Do not touch. <laughs> if you if you look at a guitar, yeah, I look at a guitar. All right, you got the you got the neck. Yeah. All right, and you got the fretboard. Sure. And then you go right down, and you have the pickups. Yeah. The bridge. Yeah. And that's your guitar. The other stuff is just, you know, extraneous. It's extraneous. All right. It's Once the holder it's thing. It's, it's the, the holder, holder thing. It's to hold the guitar. I mean, you look. Oh my at gosh, it. that's blowing my mind right now. Yeah. So the, he he put this together. He put wings on it so that you can actually hold it and play it like a guitar. Oh, okay. But the, the innovation was, was there, mm-hmm. and he tried to sell it to the Gibson company, and they turned him down. So he let it sit for, for 10 years. It went oh, wow. from 1940 is when, when he started developing this. So meanwhile, in that time period, Clarence Leo Fender. Ah. Yeah, you know, heard guitars. we might have heard of him. All right, he was yeah. a radio technician and amplifier, an amplifier maker who built solid body guitars with one single pickup, and he called it the Esquire. That was that's that a was, much better name. Yeah, yeah, it was that's the a fancy name. Mm-hmm. But he he was a technician that he worked. He was like a radio technician, and he never played the instrument, hmm. but he became one of the largest guitar companies in the world. But by that time, you know, he was he was big in the um, electric guitar development. Sure. In the 1950s, it was the uh, Esquire, like I said. Mm-hmm. The next year, he, he, turned, he changed the name to the Broadcaster. Mm, okay. I know where we're going. And then the next year was... The Stratocaster? The no, Telecaster. You missed one. Yeah. Telecaster. Yes. Because Broadcaster was taken by some other company, so they had to... They said, hey, you can't use our name. 
<laughs> so he had to switch, and he made he made the Telecaster. Okay. Telecaster was the very first electric guitar that was mass produced in the United States. Oh, okay. And it's still I have a couple myself. I love them, and they're still being used. A very simple, simple guitar, mm-hmm. but you know, he was able to get that out in the market. Meanwhile, Gibson jumped on that too. Sure. Because it's solid body guitar, whereas the hollow body guitars caused a lot of feedback. Oh yeah. All right. If you, you know, because of the the hollow body. Yeah. The solid body didn't do that. So Gibson jumped on it. They called Les Paul back and said, "We're interested." And that. Do you still the have your log? Rest is history. They <laughs> they named a yeah. We want your log. <laughs> they. The rest is. I mean, he. You know, Les Paul. Everybody knows who Les Paul is yeah, because absolutely. of that guitar. That's amazing. Right. Yeah. So, anyway, they the there was prime time for the development of louder, cheaper, more durable instruments, and that's what Leo did. Mm. You know, Leo, you know, brought it to the masses, and the next iteration of his guitars, um, he he got feedback from a lot of players, and he said, maybe do this, maybe yeah. do that. That's when he came up with the Stratocaster. Oh, okay. It's like it's it's like the next generation. Oh, okay. It was it you know he he listened to players, players said you know this is what we'd like. Yeah. And he developed this thing, and the Stratocaster is still around too. Yeah. I mean, you know, Jimi Hendrix played Stratocaster. I think that's why I know uh, that name. Eric Clapton. Ah, oh, of that's course. That's when it really really started. So, um, so that that is my. Um, history, short history of the guitar. It took Yay. us from Babylonian was, times to the to the nineteen sixties and fifties yeah, and sixties. Yeah, look at you. There was a lot more information of the guitar development, but you could go down a rabbit hole. Yeah, because oh, there yeah. was so much. Uh, we have that problem all the time, trying to yeah. come up with enough. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just too much information. You yeah. got to narrow it down. Yeah. But it was really interesting just to see where you know how how it developed over the centuries to what we have today. Yeah. And I'm thankful that we have it because it's 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 fun to play. Yeah, yeah. it's a lot of fun. Awesome! So, Great job. Thanks. So I thanks. hear you have a quiz for us. I do as have well. a quiz. All right. Since on me. um, since the Fender guitar is my fave. Your your fave. My fave. Are you the okay. Fenders? I love you know I I have a couple of Telecaster. I have a Strat. I I am my quiz is going to be on automobiles. Fender. Numero uno. Which person is credited with the invention of the modern auto? A. Gottlieb Demmler. B. Carl Benz. C. Rudolf Diesel. Due. Speaking of car manufacturers, how many do you think existed in just the U.S. in history? Today, what is considered the fastest road legal car today? Number one, the Lamborghini Aventador. Number two, the Bugatti Vengran Supersport or the Tatanano. Cuatro, within a million dollars, that is, what is the highest purchase bid ever for an automobile? Cinque, who had the first White House car? Which car was the first 
mass-produced. Sette. First Japanese car produced in the U.S. is Toyota Camry, Honda Accord, Mazda Miata, Nissan Maxima. Otto. What does the acronym NASCAR stand for? Nove. What kind of car did Starsky and Hutch drive in the mid-70s? TV show. Dieci. What company opened the first drive-in gas station? Was it Mobil, Esso, Shell, or Golf? We'll give you about a minute to think, and we'll be back with your answers. My pappy said, son, you're going to drive me to drinking if you don't stop driving that hot rod Lincoln. story of the hot rod race with the Fords and Lincolns was setting the pace. That story is true, I'm here to say I was driving that Model A. It's got a Lincoln motor and it's really souped up. That Model A body makes it look like a pup. It's got eight cylinders and uses them all. It's got overdrive, just won't stall. With a four-barrel carb and a dual exhaust, with four living gears, you can really get lost. Got safety tubes, but I ain't scared. The brakes are good, tires fair. Out of San Pedro late one night, the moon and the stars were shining bright. We was driving up great fine hill, passing cars like they was standing still. All of a sudden, in the wink of an eye, a Cadillac sedan passed us by. Said, "Boys, it's a mark for me." By then, the taillight was all you could see. Now the fellas ripped me for being behind, so I thought I. All right. Lay it on us. Okay. Number one. Yeah. Which person is credited with the invention of the modern auto? Gottlieb Lehmler, Carl Benz, or Rudolf Diesel? I'm going to say Diesel. I'm going to say Daimler. It was Carl Benz. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Designed and built and patented by Carl Benz in 1886. Oh, wow. And he joined Daimler. 1926, as Daimler-Benz, and then later Mercedes-Benz. Interesting. Okay. Okay, number two. Speaking of car manufacturers, how many do you think existed in the U.S. in history? <laughs> like all together in all history? Together. In I history. know. I was thinking of like within a certain amount, but then you would like, you know. Um, I'm going to say in history. This is just U.S. cars. Just U.S. Because... Early on, you could anybody could have had their own auto company. Yeah. I'm going to say uh, 10. Oh, I was going to say like 98. Okay, great. Okay. All right. Is that your final answer? Yes. Sure. 1613. What? <laughs> I had to count each and every one of them because on, <laughs> on, uh, <laughs> on Wikipedia, they don't total it for you. They just put them in alphabetical order. And they tell they showed you, you counted to sixteen hundred. Well, they had them in alphabetical order, so I had to count them each. <laughs> I go, this is impossible. I can't believe there's this many car manufacturers. I can't believe you counted them. All. I had to. I had to have the right answer. What was I going to say? <laughs> was I going to say? Oh, I don't, I don't know, know. Between nineteen hundred and nineteen fifty. Yeah. Right till the beginning of the automobile, which was the first one in eighteen eighty six, to right now. The car manufacturers. Jeez. That's a great 
That's great. That's I was great looking at fetch. some of them, and some were like one year, or they yeah. had two models. Some of them it's had like pictures Jim, of the Jimmy's Auto Shack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one car. Yeah. What was this? The shocking thing that you were telling me about? That the other was night? the most shocking thing I've ever I've ever seen. <laughs> I, I, are you looking at that? Yeah, see, it's unbelievable. <laughs> okay, okay. Here we go. All right, all right, all right. I can't Number three. You counted. <laughs> I had to. He's I had to. If I'm going to ask the question, days. I got to have the answer. <laughs> no wonder it took you so long to write this topic. Most of the time was spent on you counting. Well, I I, I spent two days. I I count half. I went to bed, got up the next day, and counted the other half. <laughs> All right. All right. Number three. What is considered the fastest road legal car today? And I gave you three choices: the Lamborghini Aventador, the Bugatti Veyron Supersport, or the Tata Nano. I'm going to say uh, the Tata Nano. I'm going to say the Bugatti. It is the Bugatti. Oh, 267 miles per hour. Wow. But why? Why would you want to drive that fast? I don't know. 2.5 seconds from zero to 60. Actually, the Tata Nano is the slowest vehicle <laughs> on the road. <laughs> it goes zero to 60 in 30 seconds. <laughs> What, what does that translate to? I'm, I'm trying to think. Is that Italian? I, I guess. Tata, I don't know. I just, so is it two words? Yeah, tata. Tata, nano. Tata, so nano old grandpa. is grandpa. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. it's probably how fast grandpa drives. <laughs> so anyway, okay, number four. Within a million dollars, what was the highest purchase bid ever for an automobile? Bid or bid, winning bid? Winning bid. Winning, winning bid. bid. Purchase okay. bid. Okay. I'm going to say... Uh, seventy-five million dollars. I'm gonna say fifty-four million dollars. Thirty-eight million. That was the highest ever. It's nineteen sixty-two Ferrari two fifty GTO at Bonham's Quail auction on August fourteenth, two thousand fourteen. That's thirty-eight crazy. million. Yeah. Was it, it running? <laughs> was it a? It was, was it like a working car? It was solid gold. No. How, thirty-eight mansions. <laughs> yeah, you can buy thirty-eight mansions with that money. Car people are so weird. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's one for Julia. Who had the first White House car? All right. Great question. Um, I'm actually going to say Teddy Roosevelt. I'm going to say FDR. William Taft. Oh, right after Teddy. Right after. 1909. It was called the White Steamer. <laughs> Oof. And it had to be pretty big because Billy Taft was <laughs> a big boy. Okay, number six. Which car was the first mass-produced? Is that the Model A? I'm going to say the Model T. It is the Model T. Woo! 1908, Woo! first mass-produced. Okay, first Japanese car produced in the U.S. Toyota Camry, Honda Accord, Mazda Miata, Nissan Maxima. I'm going to say the Camry. What do you think, Joel? <laughs> Just pick one. There's four choices. B. B, B is right. <laughs> it's uh, Honda Accord, 1982. Look at you. See? <laughs> She's on you it. You had 25% chance of getting it. <laughs> okay. Like, I have no context for foreign car things. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Like, I don't, I can't tell the difference between them when they're on the no. road. Nope. I don't know the difference if something's a very expensive car or not. I don't know when something was made. No, absolutely I not. don't know if... You're I'm carbolized. really, really lost on And there's cars. a reason for that. Because back, you know, back in the 80s, 
the cars were more just you can tell which model was which or which manufacturer yeah now they all look the same every everything is like a curve yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's look everybody. Every, yeah, unless you look at the uh, logo on it, you oh that's a Toyota. I have trouble telling a Corvette and a Porsche apart. Like, yeah, because they're identical. Also, who's driving a Porsche around here? Oh, I see them all the time really? in Pittsburgh. I saw. Did I tell you I saw a Tesla the other day? I almost got in a car accident. Josh counts Teslas when we come. Oh. <laughs> wow. Well, I, I was. One. It was blown away. I was like, mm. "What is a?" Tesla do it in Rochester, New York. Uh, there's some there's people some in Pittsburgh that have Teslas. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I just imagine it to be like a Silicon Valley thing, and that's it. I've oh, seen whatever. a I've seen a Tesla. They're pretty cool. <laughs> I have. They're silent. Yeah, it's weird. They come right up on you. You don't even know it. Yep. So the Honda Accord, first first, first Japanese manu- car manufactured in the U.S. Manufactured right. in the U.S. Right. Well, how is it not a U.S. car then? Why is it a Japanese car? Well, I, I I take it that it's because there's a Japanese owner. It's yeah, a Japanese, it's a Japanese company. company. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's dumb. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> then what does the acronym NASCAR stand for? I'm going to let you take that, Joel. <laughs> I was hoping that you would remember because we talked about this in the Prohibition episode because that's where NASCAR can I try it started. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go with National Association of that's not in there. Speedy cars and races. <laughs> well, I like that one. <laughs> Do you got I don't you, remember. You don't remember? I don't okay. remember. National Association of Speedy Cars and Races. Okay. No. <laughs> it's uh, National Association of Stock Car Auto Racing. Stock Car Auto Stock Racing. Stock Car Auto Racing. Okay. So Stock Car and Auto, Car and Auto are the same, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of redundant, or am I wrong? I but think a stock car was like its own... So it's Early stock car thing. auto racing. Yeah. It's not, it's well, not also stock it, car chicken racing. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, right? Is that what you're saying? And if they don't put the auto in there, then it's just NASCAR. And then that makes it less... NASCAR. NASCAR. Yeah, NASCAR. Yeah. Okay. Number nine. What kind of car did Starsky and Hutch drive in the mid-'70s TV show? <clears throat> um, was it a Dodge? Ooh. <laughs> I was going to say that you too. Say Dodge? I'm having a momentary problem where I can't remember the difference between the Dukes of Hazard and Starsky and Hutch. So, oh, yeah. You know what? I was thinking Dukes of Hazard because that was the that's general. A, the general Lee. The general mm. Lee. That's a Dodge. That's a Dodge. Okay. So, Starsky and Hutch. I don't know who I, they are. Who are they? <laughs> there were two cops. Yeah. yeah. So, was. Uh, where are you, car 99? So was, Where are uh, you, car 54? 54. Get and it right. What's the one with um, William Shatner? What was that TV show where he was a cop? Oh, yeah. Um, you know what I'm talking about. Yes, I do. They, I watch it on MeTV every so often. <laughs> it's great. He's great in it. I'll look it up. Anyway, okay. what was the answer? Oh, it was a, a Ford Grand Torino. Oh, a Grand Torino. Grand Torino, 1975 Grand Torino. It was red, the stripe, white stripe. Well, so was um, what's it called? Uh, the General Lee. Yeah, that was General orange. Lee. I never watched oh, that show. I watched Starsky and Hutch. I guess. I I couldn't pick Starsky and Hutch out of a lineup. <laughs> <laughs> big show. It's big, big. All right, number ten. Okay. Last one. All right. Here we go. What company home. opened the first drive-in gas station? Was it Mobile, Esso, Shell, or Golf? 
I'm going to say golf. I'm going to say mobile. It was golf. Nice. In 1913, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh PA. Pittsburgh PA. Oh, hey, yo. It was TJ Hooker, by the way, is the That's name of the it. show that I was, was going to say. Tucker. I, TJ Tucker? Tucker came, tuck, just Tucker. I don't know why it came in my mind. I don't know. <laughs> and they used to call him Hooker. Hooker. We got a dead body. Now they have to change it to sex worker. <laughs> All the reruns is just a That's dub true. over. TJ There's sex worker. There's one guy in a room dubbing over. <sighs> sex worker. Sorry, it's a. We're not calling them hookers it's a politically. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, thanks yeah, for yeah. explaining that one to me because I was, was kind of lost. It's all right. Well, Dad, thanks for coming. <laughs> thanks for having me. It was really a pleasure to be on Misinformation. Yes. Now it is just information today because yes. we are in mixed company. We can call it Father Information. So um, we have some listener submitted trivia. Uh, and uh, we've been getting such nice emails from people lately Such lovely emails. everyone's been so nice and we just got we got an international email which i i was so excited i texted julia as soon yes. as we got it so julia please yes. take it away so from our listener mave c um and mave is spelled m-e-a-d-h-b-h which thank goodness she told me how to pronounce God that bless because her. i would have had a lot of trouble with that so thank you Thank you, Maeve. So um, she wrote to us and said that um, she has some great random facts to share with us yep. um, as an Irish person. She wrote us from Ireland. All the way from Ireland. Across the pond. I can't believe that our voices travel that far. Dave, <laughs> what are you doing? You're attached. You're wearing you headphones. headphones. <laughs> he walked, he tried to walk away from you the table. Walk away. Just it's sit down. <laughs> So comfortable. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, Maeve. Um, so Maeve has some random facts for us about her beloved homeland, Ireland. So first, so the White House in America was designed by an Irishman, James Hoban. I didn't know that. Uh, St. Patrick was not Irish. He was brought to Ireland as a captive with Irish pirates and came from Britain, most likely Wales. Oh, look at that. St. Valentine what? is buried in a Dublin church. <gasps> I want to go. Um, Ireland has the longest running television show in the world. What? It's called The Late Late Show. Um, it's been running since 1961, the year television was first introduced to Ireland. Oh, that's so sweet. That's so great. Um, also related to television, until 1996, Ireland had a total of two nationally broadcast TV channels. The second channel was RTE with that accent mark over it. Yeah, she didn't I tell was me like, how to say that. <laughs> Is it RTE? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Maeve. Um, RTE 2 in 1978, and then almost 30 years later in 1996, Ireland got its third TV channel, fo oh. which focused on Irish language programming. And then they got their fourth channel in 1998 called TV3. That's great. So, um, Irish inventions and discoveries include... Oh, I love this list. Ready? Chocolate milk. Perfect. Flavored potato crisps. My favorite. Uh, the ejector seat. Very necessary. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Hypodermic syringes. Important. The cure for leprosy. Color photography. A working submarine. The armed tank. A binaural stethoscope. The tattoo machine. Seismology. The portable defibrillator. Rubber-soled shoes. Boycotts. And many other interesting things. Oh my gosh, the Irish are so... <laughs> They're so contributory to our global culture that I'm blown away by this. And they're so this. humble that we just... 
we just don't know that. We don't know this. And also, I feel terrible because in her email, she mentions how the Irish language is really not that hard. And I have been talking <laughs> shit about if, the Irish I think language. In, in our defense, we probably say more weird things about the Welsh language. That's true. Than- I mean, the Welsh aren't listening to this, so it's probably okay. <laughs> also, I'm positive I have used a very bad Irish accent at least uh, once or twice. So, Maeve, I am sorry <laughs> for subjecting your your ears to that. And and finally, yes. more on the Irish language. It is one of the oldest languages in the world and one of the 10 oldest languages still spoken today. That's wonderful. That's great. Ugh. Thank you so much, Maeve. Thank and you, Maeve. She kindly put in parentheses for me, pronounced Maeve like Dave in English. So I perfect. figured this was a perfectly appropriate time to bring <laughs> yes. this up. Maeve like Dave. There you go, Dad. Thank you. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, if you want to give us any other listener submitted trivia, like our wonderful recent um, listeners have, mm-hmm. you can email us at misinfopod at gmail.com. Um, you can write to us on Facebook at misinformation, a trivia podcast. You can tweet at us at misinfopod, and you can find us on our website at www.misinfopod.com. Uh, you can also uh, stream us at triplededub.missinfopod.com. You can also catch us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or whatever. We have an RSS feed. You can use any podcast app that you prefer. Also, we were recently discovered that no one uses iTunes anymore. It's actually Apple Podcasts. So check out the purple app on your phone if you have an iPhone. I don't have that. We're I on still there. go to iTunes. Julia still uses iTunes, which is why we say iTunes. Yeah. Um, but anyway... <laughs> Uh, thank you so much. Please, our international listeners, Ooh. make yourselves known. Shoot and, uh, us an email. Send me a tweet. Yes. And uh, we'll, we'll uh, give you Dave's mailing address in case you want to send any, send any <laughs> comments to him. Yeah. Send some, he only takes snail mail. He's not online. So you're going to have to write him a postcard or something. <laughs> or send, you know, guitar material to him, too. Yeah. He'll appreciate it. Definitely. But anyway. All um, right. Thanks Thanks for for listening, listening. you guys. We'll catch you next time. (laughs) Thanks. Bye. Bye.